What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. It is halfway through the NHL season. Myself, Greg Piatelli, and Mark Higgins break it all down for you where we think each division is at in terms of contenders, pretenders, trade deadline. This one was a lot of fun. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Leave a nice five-star review while you're there. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderbug Sports on Instagram where you can find all my crazy flyers recap videos where I'm normally depressed, but hopefully they turn things around and talk about it on the show. But enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think in the comments. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. Still untitled hockey podcast. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always, the gruesome twosome from Beantown will start with the prophet himself, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Bored. No Bruins. Bruins been on COVID protocol for the last week and a half. I'm, Not- uh, I don't know what to do with myself. Not excited about Syracuse and the NCAA tournament. Syracuse is a great, a great little story. It's, a, it's, I'm loving it. Going, I'm loving what's happening going on right now, and and that's been a welcome distraction, for sure. I'm more upset because uh, I, we don't have to get into it, but I clicked, I accidentally clicked. I had San Diego State. I clicked San Diego State going to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight, and I meant to click Syracuse going the entire way. That's why you should always check your work. Double check your work, kids, for all those uh, under under twenty year olds. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we can dive into that at the end if we want. But let's introduce the other half of the Boston boys, Mr. Mark Higgins. Mark, how are you, my friend? What's up, boys? Glad to be back. NHL's at the halfway point. Uh, things are starting to heat up here. Excited to get right into it. Yeah, as you mentioned it. We have basically hit the halfway mark for every single team. I feel like even the ones that are on the right, yeah, the Bruins and the Stars, the ones that have really been hit by COVID, they're at exactly at the halfway mark. Some teams have hit 30 games. Some teams are in the middle of their 30th game. But we do have some COVID scares. And notably, we had our first big delay in Canada. COVID has struck the Canadian division. The one that had done the best and it really slowed down one of the hottest players in the league, Connor McDavid. Guys, I'm not totally shocked by this. I figured it had to happen eventually, even though Canada clearly had, had figured out some of its shit. What are, what are you guys' takes on this? Mark, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm was i pretty surprised um, that it took this long to happen, honestly. I mean, if they've been pretty clean all year. And I, I heard just COVID starting to increase across the country. Um, so I guess their time has come. I mean, I, I have some buddies that live in Canada and, um, a couple of bachelor parties and weddings coming up. They're not, they're not even allowed to come. So, because it'll be so hard to get back into Canada after they get into the U S so, I mean, Canada has a, runs a tight ship up there. So, um, it's just, it's, it's crazy that it took this long to happen, but I'm also surprised that it even happened. I guess on both ways, it's like, but, um, 
yeah, Canadians games delayed and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, they've gotten plenty of games and so far, far more than any other division. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's my take. Yeah. Greg, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to ask like, so are they just like, is the, are they, the whole country experiencing like a second wave? Is that, is that what's going on or a fourth wave or whatever? Like, what are we looking at here? I, I, I heard that their vaccine rollout's been super slow. That's all I've heard. As a mutual friend of ours, Jake Goldberg has pointed out that it's the most Canadian thing possible. They were basically like, oh, you guys all take the vaccine. We'll get it whenever. So that's a, uh, a aspiring Canadian's take. You say sometimes you nail it with your impressions and sometimes. <laughs> when am I doing Canadian impressions? Let's let's start there. But I, that's true. I guess it's no. like it's like they're free health care. You know, you go to the hospital, you have to wait in line for two hours. And it's sort of like the vaccine rollout right now, just being super slow with getting it out to people. That's my analogy. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great point, especially, and then uh, not knowing much about it, but in terms of the in terms of the NHL and, and the Canadian division, I mean, some teams kind of works out perfect for them, uh, especially Toronto, who was struggling the last couple of games and uh, needed a little bit of a break, and it's definitely going to hurt a team like Edmonton and maybe even Vancouver, who. Vancouver started finally playing like the team that we thought they were all year. Um, and Edmonton obviously have a nice little win streak going, but just the timing seems uh, tough. But again, like Mark said, they've been doing so well and, and they have um, sort of seamless all year. So it's it's nothing to do with the players and nothing to do with the protocols. It's more to do with uh, the country itself. So I guess that's a, a silver lining, right? Yeah, it has to be, you know, but you hit the nail on the head that these teams that have started to figure it out and the other ones that had kind of fallen off, you know, it, you wonder what's going to happen. Cause obviously a year ago when everything got delayed, the teams that were red hot going into the break ended up coming out ice cold. Some didn't even make it out of the play in round one team, notably that was for all intents and purposes, dead in the water, ended up making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, that being the Islanders, who were trending very much downward and went on an awesome streak. So it's one of those things of wondering, you know, will Vancouver come out of the break or their slowdown? I mean, they haven't really been totally affected that badly. But if they do get it and, and that happens, what happens there? Edmonton, a team that we, you know, thought was really picking it up and, and looked like they were going to maybe eclipse Toronto. They, they get delayed. Connor McDavid has now become the highest scoring player in the league and, or in terms of goals, he had been in points, but you know, and now that slows down, obviously they're going to continue to try to play their games, but we have to wonder of what's going to happen with all this different stuff and you know, how it might, well, I guess we had it in the U S but how it might affect various uh, trade markets and that sort of stuff. So I don't know. It's a little bit of a bummer. I'm I'm not totally shocked. It's a bummer that we're still getting some serious COVID issues this late in the season, but I guess we kind of did in various uh, aspects of the season. My question is like for all these teams who've had COVID games delayed or, you know, suspended, will they get all 56 games in this season? Like, are they going to jam pack it at the end of the year? I, I think that's still TBD at this time. 
Yeah, it's one of those things of, I mean, obviously you guys would probably have a better idea of what they've done with the Bruins, but, you know, the Flyers are in the middle of just a complete jam within their season. So it really is going to be crazy to see how it all goes for everything that way. Yeah, it felt like, it felt like too, before the Bruins stoppage, they had like three games and five nights and, and they were, they had a ton of back-to-backs and it just felt like they were squeezing it all in just simply because of earlier in the season when Buffalo, you know, shut everything down for, at least for the East Conference, so, or East Division, and now the Bruins are doing the same thing for everyone else, but it's, it's the Bruins already had, had the least amount of games in, in the division, and this only is going to amplify it, so I'd be interested to see, and, and I believe we asked the question, too, in the first preview pod. I asked, like, how are they going to do if, if, or what are they going to do if no one like Mark said, if people teams don't reach to 56 games, and and you had said something about percentages, and to me, when you start throwing in percentages, and oh, well, the Bruins are going to be left out because of percentage, they're going to make it because of percentage. It just just gets complicated and silly in that in that you know in that format, but because it goes back to the silly war war stat that's no, just an arbitrary made up thing. So. Well, notably, points percentage benefits the lower games played Edmonton had more points but played more games and they ended up getting I think they would have been the three seed and ended up being the five and then lost I think Pittsburgh was in a similar situation but Edmonton like notably got left out of uh that that top four in the playoffs last year right yeah so it, it just it's just uh maybe they would have been we'll I might be worth remembering yeah I mean I'm sure we'll have someone uh correct us uh all those trolls on Twitter who come after you but um <laughs> <laughs> so many no 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 seriously though I, i'd be interested to see how it goes but i don't know jordy let's uh canada like mark said that's been the best division and and they've definitely had the most games top to bottom and a lot of fun to watch and things were starting to heat up uh especially for the third and fourth spot in the playoffs and it seems like four teams are definitely battling for the bottom four spots and I mean, all I guess all all six out of the seven teams realistically are are fighting for playoff spots uh, in the in the north, and that's exciting, fun hockey to see for sure. Yeah, but I mean, it's pretty deadlocked. With the the four top teams are solidified. Like Montreal's got five games in hand, and are two points ahead of Vancouver. So Montreal's played thirty one games. Vancouver's played thirty six. So that's a huge gap right there. To Montreal could just you know increase that lead in points. Um, Vancouver has been playing better, but yeah, if Montreal gets all their games and I don't see them giving up that lead. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, that's one thing of like Vancouver has more wins granted, like they're both teams are under 500 in terms of their overall record. So like if they play five more games, how does that end up going? And it probably nets them more wins. Just those overtime losses end up being so valuable. They are so far away ahead of every other team in the division with it. That I think you're right, the points aspect to it. I mean, they might even jump a team that they have, presumably if they go 2-3 and three, and maybe with an overtime loss, so 2-2-1, two, two and one, and they're 16-10-10, they could jump over uh, Winnipeg, who granted has also only played 32 games. So that's a really good point, that Vancouver's just stuffed all their games right in at the start of the season, and if they do get some sort of COVID break, may fall back or, or have something there of where they have to go, but you know, it's just uh, it's one of those things of this team that a lot of people had a lot of excitement for. I think all three of us included 
despite whether or not we had them in the playoffs. I don't have our predictions in front of me, but you know, it's a team that you're excited. That's playing better. So that's at least something there. Yeah. Vancouver. And I think they've this win streak they've been on, they've been doing it without one of their best forwards in Elias Pedersen. So. And Bo, I mean, Bo, uh, Bo Horvat just got hurt too. So that's uh it's apparently not that terrible, but you know, it's one, it's something that uh you gotta, you gotta wonder about there. Yep. Yep. Um, interesting stat I heard or learned about um, McDavid and Dreisaitl back-to-back seasons, the first two guys in the league to reach 50 points. Uh, last two guys to do that were Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito back in the seventies, last two teammates to be the first to reach 50 points back-to-back seasons. So um, yeah, I think, I mean, Greg, you had them missing the playoffs. So what's your take on that? Had to throw that up, huh? Um, no, I mean, it, the, the big thing that I thought, you know, the two of them not being able to sustain for three years, you know, three, four years in a row, I mean, egg on my face. Yeah. You know, I didn't think that that being reliant on one line, i.e. the Bruins, uh, you know, reliance on one line for scoring doesn't necessarily work, but this team is, is getting it from all over and, and they are leading the league in goals for a reason, uh, goal scored for a reason. Right. So, um, I didn't think they had the goaltending. I didn't think they had the, the overall depth, but clearly, um, they're doing it. They're proving me wrong. And, and it's good to see because McDavid and dry saddle should be in the playoffs. And, and especially, you know, you want the best players playing uh, and proving themselves and, and silencing all the doubters, if you will. So including you. Regard, it's good. I love McDavid. I think McDavid's great. I just didn't think that the team at the time, at the beginning of the year, was going to uh, to make the playoffs. And I also said that Washington Capitals weren't going to make the playoffs. So clearly, uh, I did not uh, didn't. Also, Dallas Stars in the playoffs, and they're seventh in their division. So clearly, I I, I was a little off uh, the pre preseason predictions. But you, if you want to hold hold me accountable for what what I said in March, or sorry, what I said in uh, in December or January. early January, please. Please, Say every month. Uh, please go ahead. Also, Edmonton, I mean, Darnell Nurse is having a bit of a yeah, he's coming out party. He's, he's yeah. already been good, like everybody's known about him, but he's really becoming like a top-tier, top-10 defenseman of the league now. Um, and he's and no one will mess with him, too, so he can play both offensively, defensively, physical. He's got the whole package. So uh, they finally – Edmonton's finally has that rock on D that they've been looking for since Pronger almost. Um, and then that back there, uh, that they picked up on D Tyson Berry, not a bad guy to run your power play. Um, so yeah, I, I like their team and I hope they make a deep playoff run. It'll be awesome to watch McDavid in the playoffs. It's crazy. He's on a pace. If he, if this is an 82 game season to score 144 points, which is absolutely absurd. Dright title, probably a little less than that, but I mean, McDavid just completely, dominating and just putting the team on his back. It's incredible. Yeah, I just hope he stays healthy. I mean, yeah, you got to hope. Thing with him. I mean, yeah, you got to hope. Obviously, we're we're assuming all that sort of stuff. But anything else in the North before we move on? Jumbo Joe, man. Yeah, he's, he's been year. awesome. He's going to win He's gonna win the Cup. This is the year. You think so? <laughs> oh, Greggy. I mean, uh, only because I predicted it in January, and since we're apparently holding each other accountable to everything we said in January – 
I'm uh, <laughs> doubling down. I'm tripling down. I'm going all in. Watch it be the, the Maple Leafs and the Bruins, and Greg's like, oh, but I made the prediction. No, no. No <laughs> chance. No all right. chance. Toronto's not beating Boston. All right. Well, let's... It, 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 yeah, sorry, good. No, I was going to say let's move on, but it's not like you had one last point. No, it's the same thing. I've said every... It's, <laughs> it's amazing that Toronto, like, you take take them away from Boston and and uh, Tampa and take them out of their division, and all of a sudden they're just beating up on all these uh, inferior Western Conference teams. So, funny to see. Well, let's move on, and and we're going to go out West to a division that is relatively set, including that fourth seed, which is interesting because... The fourth seed currently in the West is the St. Louis Blues, a team he thought was completely locked in. Minnesota, on the heels of their rookie Phenom, is right now in third, two points out of Minnesota or two points out of St. Louis, and only three points behind Colorado, who is red hot. Guys, I don't think any of us are really shocked that the West is where it is, but how do you guys feel about Minnesota? I mean, I had them in, so this whole January thing. We're going to keep doing that. Um, no, I, I, Mark brought it up. They have that, they have that young rookie kid and, and they're just a fun team to watch. Jordan Greenway, BU product. He's great. Uh, goaltending, you know, they just a fun, I don't know. They, they, I don't know. It's a fun story, fun team. They're, everything's moving in the right direction. They're on a crazy little, little streak here and, and they don't show signs of slowing down. I would like to see them score more goals, obviously having uh, one of the lower goals for in all the NHL, but um, it's, it's impressive for sure. Yeah. Kirill Kaprizov's the real deal. I mean, makes me want to watch Minnesota. I haven't said that since they had Marion Gabrick. So um, it's about time they found like a superstar guy to, to, to watch and put put asses in the seats over there in Minnesota. But, um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Greenway, Zuccarello, those guys are legit NHL. Uh, that's a legit top line right there. Um, and then um, interesting for them, they have a nice two, two-headed two monster in net with, uh, I don't know how to say Capo, his last name, and then Cam Talbot. Both have played relatively 50-50. Um, one guy's got 17 games, one guy's got 14 games. But – but yeah, Minnesota is a big surprise for me. I didn't have them in the playoffs, but um, pleasantly surprised that they're doing well. Yeah, it's definitely a, definitely a pleasant surprise. And it's one of those things of a team that I feel like they bought into a system. They kind of, on their mini rebuild, they figured out something that could work. I don't know if it's an analytics thing or, or what it is, but a team that has allowed so few goals, especially in a division where you have Vegas with their two-headed monster and goal. Colorado's getting pretty solid goaltending and, and pretty good defense, frankly, and obviously is red, red hot and with the offense they can certainly shell out. But the fact that they're holding themselves in there, you know, it, it helps that they're playing you know some of the lower talent in the division to you know really boost up their stats that way to continue to you know keep themselves in the playoffs. Matt Doom is about to come back, which is huge. But two of their wins in the, if, on this win streak are against Vegas, so it's showing that they can hold their own in this division. So I think this is something where, you know, even if they end up falling into the fourth seed, we could see ourselves with a pretty entertaining first-round matchup from them, which is going to be awesome to see. 
I was I flipped on NHL Network last night. Minnesota was on. I think they were playing Anaheim, but it was just a blast to watch. I mean, the pace was super fast. They were buzzing. It was uh, I, I couldn't change the channel to March Madness. I just had to keep it on the Minnesota game. And I, I don't think I've ever said said that I want to watch Minnesota. But uh, yeah, they were a blast to watch. And it's about time they have a good team. I mean, that's where some of the best American hockey players come from, the state of Minnesota. So I'm glad they finally have a good team. Yeah, it's been what since 2014 that they really had something serious going on there, and then they uh, ended up blowing it to Colorado when they first started to make their resurgence with with McKinnon. I think it's interesting because you know they're beating up on the teams they should, right, with the bottom four teams in an essential rebuild, and then beating a team like Vegas is is huge for for their confidence moving forward, and uh, they got absolutely railroaded by Colorado over the weekend, five, one and six, nothing, but you know, bounce back and then we'll see it. They haven't played St. Louis that much. So it'll be interesting, interested to see, uh, you know, how they compare with, with a team that's uh, sort of battling them in the standings, if you will, and, and see how they compare. But I just, uh, like Mark said, it, it should be better. And, and the product in Minnesota, if, you know, it's good for the NHL if, if the Minnesota Wild are good in, at hockey. So on your point, Greg, they play the Blues seven times between April 9th and May 1st. So in basically three weeks, they play them seven times, which is insane. Their schedule, I mean, there's a lot of games in between that too. There's six games, six, seven games in between the those seven against St. Louis. So it's going to be, talk about, a real jam-packed final back end of the season. Minnesota's is going to be crazy. That the West Division, you know, I think it is. I think we're all in agreement. It's pretty solidified in terms of those four, unless Arizona turns it on. You know, LA. I feel like we're starting to see what we thought from them, um, but I feel like those four are set. So it's going to be really fun to see those guys kind of battle it out. See who's going to be the three, who's going to be the four, and you know, Minnesota gets a little bit of a of a tough shake having to face Vegas right before the end of the season. But then, you know, it's going to be fun. This is a division that despite kind of knowing the results where we're getting to see some fun things in there, even from the teams that aren't as good that are calling up rookies. Trevor Zegers scored his first NHL goal. You know, there's a lot of fun stuff going on there. Hey, don't count out my Kings. I had them making the playoffs. <laughs> or they're not too far behind. I started in your, uh, the research you sent out, I started seeing some Kings names thrown out there on the, uh, the old trade market. So who knows what ends up happening? They have all, some of their vets. They might try to get some assets for which, you know, they've uh, done very well with that of trading a little more seasoned guys for uh, big names. So we'll see what they're going to be a really interesting story to follow because Anaheim had kind of hung around and they really fell off. San Jose is just a complete shit show. Arizona's one that I thought would maybe hold up more of a fight, but they just really they can't seem to get it done. Their goaltending isn't holding up. It's been a little unhealthy and their offense is slow like we thought it was going to be so it's a little bit of a bummer there but it's kind of nice having a division that you know that there's some teams that are high flying and you know that are, that are just pumping in goals and it's nice that we have uh you know a couple of those out there and they're they're finally catching up in terms of the goal totals just a quick point on anaheim they have a nice little american youth movement going on right now troy terry's picked it up uh he's got five points in his You're last right. five he's games. been great recently great dfs guy Five points last five games, and then uh, Zeger is three points his last five games. He's a lot younger. He's four years younger than uh, Terry, but, uh, yeah, they have a nice American young core over there. Greg, what do you think about the West? 
Thanks. Um, yeah, just, I mean, like you said, the four teams are, are seem solid and the Kings, it's tough because they're in theory, right? We all came in and, and I mean, outside of Mark, but we had them sort of rebuilding, if you will, and, and with talent, but the, uh, I think the four teams are solidified. And I think like Mark said, the, best story is all the young Americans, uh, on Anaheim and, 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 uh, even the Kings, the Kings have some young guys down in there and there, like the number two overall pick is he's Canadian, but he's, he's, um, Clinton Byfield, right. He's down in the AHL. So hopefully mm-hmm. they call him up and give him a shot. I'd be curious to see what Phil Kessel, uh, trade market is like for Arizona. If, if they do move on from him, you know, are, they went all in a couple of years ago. It didn't work. Is it time to, sell off and gain some assets again, you know, what, what sort of, uh, you know, where do they go from here, if you will. And, and I'd be interested to see if they start with someone like Phil Kessel and that way they can build around another amazing American Clayton Keller um, from BU um, and build around him and, and really, really see where they go. But I'd be curious to see if Phil gets moved. Greg, I didn't know this. I mean, Coyotes, their best player, their top offensive point guy, Connor Garland, uh, 25 points this year in 31 games. He's from Situate, Mass. I didn't know that. Uh, oh. Hopefully a Bruins, Bruins trade for him. That'd be, that'd be nice. That'd be sick. He's 96. He's, he's young, though, right? They'll keep him around, no? 25. Think? I think his contract's up uh, after this year. Ooh. And he's only making... He's not even making a million dollars, so uh, he's gonna he's due for a big payday. Hold on, let me check what his uh, his deal is from our good friends at CapFriendly.com for. But also, it's the expansion draft, so they protect him and build around. I wonder if he's playing with my boy Clayton Keller because he's an R, he's RFA, so I don't know what the deal is with that with uh, the expansion draft. Clayton Keller makes everyone better. I mean, that's not wrong, well, but uh. I wonder what that is with the uh, yeah. expansion draft for that sort of stuff because it is certainly a and they do apparently they do do play together. They're, they're wings on the on the first line with Nick Schmaltz, uh, which really like Christian Dvorak. That second line should be a lot better. Dvorak, Kessel, Caglia, uh, that should be better. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I mean they they they've. I feel like Arizona has had high hopes the last three or four years, and they just. Uh, they sold. They went for gold that one year uh, with getting Taylor Hall, and it just backfired. Right? It didn't really. They have two good goaltenders, and it just sort of they haven't really done anything. So I think they're. I don't know. Unless, like you said, unless they make a push, I feel like they're going to be, they're going to be sellers and feel the thrill, get them a reunion with the with the Bruins, and go from there, huh? Get them on the first line uh, or second line, and. Is the winger, goal scoring winger that the Bruins need? Yeah, I don't know. It, uh, where do you guys land on that trade? Because you definitely you got Sagan out of the deal, and then you know he gets traded and all that. The stuff. Bruins won a cup. The Bruins won a cup, so that's all that matters. Yeah, 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 that's fair. I mean, not all that matters, but it's you know it's hard to. They gave up on Sagan too soon, obviously, but the Bruins won same a cup as, as a as a result of of the Kessel trade. So same as Blake Wheeler gave up on him. A little too soon. Oh, I forgot yeah. he was on the Bruins. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And I shouldn't Colin laugh at that. Miller. There's a lot. The Flyers gave up on Sergei Bobrovsky, and 
Yeah, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of the reminders of former Flyers that have won Stanley Cups. Justin Williams, Patrick Sharp. Not fun. I shouldn't make fun of that. Yeah, well, it's tough because, like, you knew Sagan was going to get silly money, and they were essentially choosing between, and then with Wheeler, you're choosing between Bergeron or Wheeler, and, you know, I personally love the Bergeron, that they kept Bergeron. I think Krejci or Wheeler, you could make a better argument for, for who you should have kept, but yeah, I, I do think they gave up on him a little too quick, and and I mean Sagan had his own issues, but um, again they they won a cup out of it. So Jordy giving up on Kessel and moving on from him, I think uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's definitely uh, interesting of teams that gave up on him and got got good shit out of it, and other teams that did, and it turned into weird things. The the Leafs, did, and then the did he they, did he win a cup with Pittsburgh? He won both cups with Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. two. Yeah. Okay. One more point on the West and our uh, former Bruin, Tory Krug. I think his dog's name's Bruin, but uh, 32 games played this year. One goal, Greg. What's up with that? I know. Not the Blues great. are a weird team this year. I don't know what the deal is with them. Sorry for interrupting your question to Greg, but they're just the goal. T- the Bennington, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. He's been bad. Their defense isn't, isn't very good. A bad home record, which you feel like has to turn around. They're a really good road team, but. Just a weird season from them. Yeah, I think they. I think they gave. I feel like they gave uh, Bennington a contract too early. You know, he had one, one good run, and all of a sudden they paid him like he's a top player, and that just wasn't uh, the right move, in my opinion. But, um, and then Krug, yeah, Mark, I don't, I don't know. I guess the power play uh, he needs, he needs. Poshnok or someone else on his power play to, to make to allow him the flexibility to score more. I don't watch enough to know if he's on the first power play or second power play, but you get the contract that he got for Tory Krug that is he should definitely be producing more than than uh, one goal. I mean, he's he's doing fine. He's got 16 points, 32 games, so he's got a point every other game. Um, just surprising because he's got that big one-time one-timer cannon, so you'd think he'd have more goals, but uh, yeah, just to sum up the West Vegas is a wagon. I had them winning it all still do. Um, and yeah, that you heard it here first for me that they're going to win it all. So the weird thing about St. Louis last thing on them, just because they're another team that had a weird COVID schedule with them having the, the seven game series against Arizona. So they don't play the coyotes at all. I think, no, they play them one more time. They play Colorado a ton. Minnesota. We mentioned they play a bunch. They have four games against Vegas. This is all in like their last stretch of games. So this is something where, you know, if we're, we kind of sleep on the West and think this is all locked up and maybe St. Louis thinks a similar thing, they don't get it figured out, that maybe this gets a little exciting towards the end of the season. This uh, this I might mean, actually Mark, be interesting. Mark, Mark's Kings all of a sudden looking good. They play a lot of game against Anaheim and San Jose. Who Mark's was it? Uh, the Flames who sold a bunch of players and then they won like 20, like they won like 20 out of their last like 30 games and made the playoffs and won a series. It's like five or six years ago. Do you guys remember that? No, yeah, take your word for it, Jordy. Why did the, the <laughs> why did the Flyers give up on Braden Shen? So that's a really interesting one of of the interesting Hextall trades. They did get two first round picks out of it, and Jory Laterra, who ended up being a cocaine dealer, but one of those turned into Joel Farabee. So that that's at least something positive. It's a Joel weird Farabee. one though of like they had him, they had his brother because they traded him for Luke for they traded Luke uh, JVR for Luke Shen one for one. Then JVR turned into – that's another guy they gave up way too early on. Um, 
just kind of a weird Unite. deal. And they thought he was going to be this defenseman that was going to shut down and be great because, you know, the Flyers just defense, which we'll talk about. I guess we can go to the East. Uh, the Flyers defense Plus is just they, horrendous. I feel like they chose, like chose Gossesphere over, over Shen, no? Well, no, they, they traded Luke. You're correct, they did. In Gossesphere's rookie year, they traded Luke Shen to the Kings. Uh, yeah. I think they got Jordan Wheel from that. Um, very I strange think... whole thing. But they traded Braden Shen kind of in this the blues were trying to go after it and they were, it's basically a year too early. If you remember the blues traded, I think it was, um, I think it was Paul Stastny to Winnipeg and Braden Shem was the one who like freaked out in the locker room. If you guys remember that video that went viral. Um, but they basically were like, you know what, let's try to get some value out of this. They got Laterra who turned out to be a pretty solid middle six guy. And these two first round picks, one's Jay O'Brien, who's still, uh, kicking it around in, in college slash the minors. And the other was Joel Farabee, who's currently the Flyers' leading scorer after scoring a power play goal earlier tonight. So they got good value out of the deal, which is one of Hextall's better trades and two of the better draft picks that he's made. Uh, but you're right. There was a weird they gave up on him and kind of tried to get value when they could. And, you know, here we are. Farabee's a stud. Yeah, he is. Fun to watch. Yeah. So, so do you guys want to go to the East or you want to go to the Central first? Harvey's also another American BU kid. Correct, he is. Uh, so I guess that means we're going to the East. Eastern Division is in a very precarious spot where you guys mentioned it, or Greg mentioned it before, with the Capitals who are solidly right now in the playoff picture. The New York Islanders who were red hot and now still are. They're 8-2 in their last 10. But they are sitting in first place. They'd been undefeated in regulation at home until a game that they came back and then ended up losing in the last couple minutes against the Flyers last Thursday. Washington's right there. Pittsburgh, who has another unreal home record, and it seemed they've lost a few games. They were right there. They hadn't lost a game in regulation. Now we're 12 3 and 1. Uh, they're still under 500 on the road and, you know, had kind of a weird weekend series with New Jersey, who currently beating up on the Flyers. Then the Bruins and the Flyers are in fourth place. The Rangers are slowly sneaking their way back there after thumping the Flyers 9-0. If you want to hear oh, my full wait, reactions wait. to that. First of all, first of all, the Bruins are in fourth, the Flyers are in fifth. So let's not, let's yeah, not separate by two points. Regardless. Right, but let's not say they're both in fourth place. Since Bat- I said battling for fourth place. I'm trying to put a positive spin on my shitty-ass fucking ho- hockey team that's a defensive turnstile. But regardless, the Rangers are right there and are looking very good. And I'm not just saying that because they beat the Flyers 9-0 in a game. Mika Zinabanejad has turned it on, and I'm not just saying that because he had six points in a single period. But this is something that happened a year ago where he kind of started out slow and then really got it going. Panarin has been nothing but excellent since he got back from his whole Russia thing. Uh, this is having... Yeah, Kreider's having, having career just a year. career year. After he, remember a year ago, right now, or actually a year ago right now, it was COVID. So... 13 months ago, whenever the trade deadline was, it was Kreider's going to get traded. He doesn't and signs that deal, and everybody wondered what the hell were the Rangers doing. What a smart deal. And even Lafreniere, he start, or Lafreniere, however you pronounce the last name, he's starting to look pretty good. Kako, I think he might be hurt, but he, you know, he's going to probably figure it out. And their defense, you know, the whole Tony D'Angelo thing clearly has not affected that. Of Brendan Lemieux is still enforcing his ways through through the, the division, and I don't know. This this division's heating up, and I think it's going to be pretty fun. I still think, Greg and I have talked about this offline, I think Pittsburgh slows down a little bit, 
and makes it a little more interesting with the Bruins. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with the Flyers. Apparently, we're getting a press conference from, from Chuck Fletcher, the GM, tomorrow. That's going to be really interesting. And if the Rangers turn it on, and if they decide maybe to try to go for it a little bit, who knows where they're going to be. I think the Islanders are solidly in it. I think the Capitals are solidly in it. Shout out to me. And I think, Mark, for saying that Washington Capitals are going to make it. Greg thought they were going to be dead in the water. Well, I said, I said, I had the Rangers. I had the Rangers, and I had the Islanders. I had Pittsburgh and, and Washington. You didn't Michigan, have Pittsburgh. I, you had the Flyers. I, we saying, all had the Flyers. I said, I said I had both New York teams. I said I had both New York teams. I had the Bruins, and I had the Flyers. And I had Pittsburgh and Washington missing. And both New York teams, I mean, are on a tear right now. Both New York teams, like you said, the Rangers are only getting better with, with their the way they're going. Zabinaj is starting to pick up. Panarin coming back. Kreider has been on a career year. The young guys starting to play better. Their goalie starting to play get better. They're they're that six four uh, defenseman from from Wisconsin, also American. He's starting to play better. Yeah, Kadri Miller. Yeah, yeah, he's they're, he's awesome. He's fun to watch. They're they're trending in the right direction, and and Boston and Philly are trending in the wrong direction. So there's a real possibility the Rangers jump both them and the Bruins and Flyers are on the outside looking in, which we all said from the beginning that. The East, there's going to be two playoff teams that are just not going to make the playoffs because the East is just too good. And luckily, the Bruins have all these games against Buffalo and the Flyers have all these games against New Jersey. But uh, it's, you know, right with now, COVID, the Flyers that way. I was say with COVID and this percentage nonsense, who knows how it goes down. Uh, but this this division is far from over two weeks ago or three weeks ago. We were talking about the Bruins being the best team in the division. They were far and away ahead of everyone else in points. Went on a crazy losing streak. All of a sudden, it's dumpster fire. They need this. They need that. This very podcast, some some of us uh, were on that mantra. Now, you know, they finally got a win or two before the COVID and whatever. So it changes week to week, day to day with this division. And that's the, that's the, the best part. And, and Jordy, I know you're frustrated with the Flyers, but they haven't had their full team for more than three games in a row the entire season. So uh, give, give them a little bit of a break, give them a chance to get, get healthy, get their chemistry. And if Oscar Limholm is going to keep fighting people, like things are going well for them. They're, they're, they're moving in the right direction, huh? I mean, Oscar Lindblom, who you not recently beat, fighter. not normally a fighter, recently beat bone cancer. Uh, if he's the one fighting for your team, that I feel like is not the right spot. But he, yeah, know, but someone someone's got to play with a chip. And Mark can speak about the Flyers more. But someone's got to play with the chip because you're not getting it from your normal sources. You you don't really have that that fourth line like meat stick grinder that Lemieux is for the Rangers or. You know, some every every team has it seems like. So who is that? You know, you got to get. You it from thought somewhere. it was gonna be Nico Bacubel. I mean, the biggest problem the Flyers have is they keep trying these different like shufflings, and they keep announcing these different defensemen that are gonna come in because they have seven guys they keep rotating through. A lot of people were really hard on on Elaine Vigneault for sitting Gostaspear because of poor defensive play, but was clearly one of the better defensemen. I mean, he's not playing great on defense, but like. He's putting shots on the on net. He's setting up plays, and Nate Prosser, who's thankfully been sat the last couple games. I mean, if you look at a couple of his turnovers in the game Saturday against the Islanders, they're just horrendous. And tonight's not much better of some of the turnovers in the first period. Uh, obviously, we've been recording during the second period here, but apparently it hasn't been much better of uh, just bad net play and and not picking up guys. That's how the Islanders tied it up last night. 
it's just a, it's tough of just kind of all over the board stuff. I mean, to your point of, of COVID and injuries, there has been that of guys that have missed time and guys that haven't been totally in the lineup be, because of shuffling stuff. But I don't know. It, it is something where even to that point, you've seen teams that have had players hurt and still have the fundamentals and at least the formation set up to have that, you know, look like they at least have some decent hockey knowledge. So at times it is tough to like watch this team with on paper, you know, this talent and look like they're a bunch of Bantams playing out there with pros. Nice. Is that yeah. a, a nod to the Phantoms, the AHL team? <laughs> I mean, shout out the Phantoms. I still haven't been to the, to the Allentown location, but Philadelphia Phantoms games back in the day, boys. Kids got in for five bucks. It was the ultimate birthday party for winter birthdays. Notably not summer birthdays like me, so I wasn't cool. <laughs> it was like the cool birthday if you had a winter birthday a winter birthday to go to a Phantoms game play the Beatles that that happy birthday it was great you know you had like a bunch of people's parents drive. my parents were always like they because we had a big uh suburban so we always took people to games and my parents would come and it'd be cool be like my parents bought us all soda and be like oh yeah Mr. Canelli bought soda like yeah all right my dad's cool but like it was never my birthday so I wasn't the cool kid (laughs) remember that remember that was you ranting you ranting about how terrible the Flyers are, and now you say that you're not a cool kid. That <laughs> seven-year-old me wasn't cool. It's, you know, you, have you seen that? Have, have you seen that? What's that? Uh, school Rock. Oh yeah, of course we have. We used to quote this all the time in high school. I'm not yeah. cool enough. The, they said the kid, the kid, the kid who plays the piano. He can't play, he can't play the keyboards because it's not cool enough. I, I'm not, people in bands are cool. I'm not cool enough to be in the band. <laughs> so funny. what a movie. Fun fact, Ned Schneebly, a Survivor runner-up. I mean, if you're going to bring it to reality TV right now. Yeah, Mark, talk about talk about the East Division while uh, I collect myself here. No, I was just going to dive into the Flyers. I think they're, they're, their strength is their top six forwards, and then I think Kata Hart will eventually figure it out. Like, he has to. He's way too talented. So their, their top-end forwards and their goaltending is definitely their strength. Yeah. Um, like Greg said, they definitely need like a, a banger on the third or fourth line. Somebody who, you know, can bring energy as an intimidator. Um, and then, but yeah, they need to add another defense. When I'm hearing a uh, big trade rumor could be Ryan Ellis from Nashville. He's 30 years old. Um, he's got, I think, six years left on his contract for $6 million a year. But um, he's a legit NHL defenseman. I think Philly could use him. Um That'd be a good trade for them. I don't know what they'd have to give up. It might be time to uh, give up on Nolan Patrick. I mean, he's having a rough year, six points in 30 games. Is it time to give up on the second overall pick from 2017? What do you think? So it's it's something interesting with him. Obviously, he missed an entire year. And we talked about this in the preview podcast of people were really excited. He had a good training camp of that this guy was going to come back. He had the migraine issues. You weren't sure. And it's kind of weird, right, to kind of point out your the top six assessment of they kind of flip who's the second and the third line and all this sort of stuff. Of Right now, technically, Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek, and Oscar Lindblom play on the third line. They get the, you know, as a group, the, the bottom, they're on the bottom half of time on ice. And it's crazy to think about because these are guys that are, you know, two of them are household names and have been for a while. And Lindblom has become one because of his whole battle with cancer and all this sort of stuff with Oscar Strong and all that. The fourth line, it's these guys that Michael Roffel probably excluded. I haven't, I never really gave up on him, but the fandom was always pretty pissed off at him. He had one, 
I think I made the joke in the first game when he scored of like, oh, he doesn't normally score until late January anyway. But like, he's one guy, Patrick, to your point, like, it's just a guy that never, never figured it out. And it's just a, you, know, you put your hands in the air because the first couple games, he looked great. We were, we came to that first episode after the season started and we're pumped about him. And then the one that I'm pretty bummed about who he's been okay, but you know, not to the point that we saw last year in the playoffs and the bubble. And even before that, when the Flyers were red hot, um, even before the the Bruins beat him up right before the COVID break, was Nico Bay-Cubell, who's a guy who should be that nose-to-the-grindstone physical player that Greg was talking about and hasn't really been that this year. I mean, weirdly enough, for as shitty as their special team, specifically the penalty kill have been, the Flyers aren't taking a ton of penalties and they aren't doing a lot of physical play. And it, it's something that some of these guys have, have kind of made their names known within the Philadelphia Flyers fandom for being these hard-hitting guys that take a ton of penalties, you know? And it's just weird to see this team that that really can't figure it out. I mean, but to finish Mark's point on Nolan Patrick, a guy who is about 500 on face-offs, which for the Flyers is very bad. The Flyers are one of the better face-off teams in the league, which is strange of how bad they are with turning over the hockey puck. Um... I'm ranting that long that I'm losing my voice, but Nolan Patrick <laughs> minus 15. I almost said 15 worst under by far worst by far on the team. It's so bad. And I thought the, some of the defensemen were horrible. Sanheim and Phil Myers, two guys that really, and this is kind of where the crux of the flyers comes into that. The flyers thought, Oh, we have these young guys, these two guys, in particular number five, and number six Myers and Sanheim that should be the cornerstones of going forward of defense. Gostas Bear having a huge comeback here despite getting sat for a bunch of games and stuff. And, I mean, Gustafson is one that people are really throwing their hands up in the air, a guy who started off the year so hot. But Patrick, a guy who, when he's on the ice, is just watching the puck all over the place. He's not skating. And it's just it's a mystery of what happened to this guy who, you look at that 2017 draft, McCarr goes fourth, Pedersen goes fifth. And you're wondering what the hell the Flyers scouts were doing. I mean, he was the highest North American prospect, but it's, you know, it's crazy that the one time they do win the fucking lottery, that this is where the team goes, you know, it, but who knows, maybe he gets thrown into a trade and he does well. And I, I would hope nothing but the best for him. Cause he hasn't really done anything to like throw a, a middle finger to the fan base. I mean, he showed a couple good, his first two years, he showed some promise, 30 points, 31 points. I mean, that's a good trajectory to improve. Um, and I just feel like he should be, he's a, he was drafted to be a top six guy. And right now he's buried on the fourth line. You guys already have seven elite forwards um, that are playing ahead of him. Like legit forwards with Van Reems, Dyke, Barabee, Giroux, Voracek, Hayes, Couturier, Konechny. Like that's your strength right there. And that's I the other just, thing is they, they have all these guys in the minors who, depending on what they end up doing with, at the trade deadline, you know, they have guys they can call up if they wanted to. They have guys, you know, that they can use as trade pieces. And it might be Patrick just gets thrown in there as, as almost an afterthought, which would be kind of a crazy thing to think about, especially with how much excitement there was about him finally returning to the lineup, you know, two months his ago. His contract's probably coming up too. So, I mean, he might, he might be yeah, a I think good it's trade at the end piece. of his DLC. I think you're right. If, if, if you guys want to win now, he's, he's a good trade piece to have uh, to get some value back. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. But let's talk about the rest of the East. Not stick on the Flyers. We can obviously hang on, hang on, real quick. If I if I told you at the halfway point, 
James Van Riemsdyk would be your leading goal scorer, what would you say? Or leading point getter, what would you say? I would be surprised. I'd be happy, but I would be surprised. I would have thought maybe Travis Konechny, maybe Kevin Hayes, maybe Oscar Lindblom, uh, but not JVR. And and certainly not Joel Farabee right there, too. I'm happy that Joel Farabee's doing incredibly well and excited about that. Is it time to give up on Giroux? So that's a huge question right now of what whether or not he gets dealt and what do you get for him with it. The biggest part of it is how much money do you have to eat with it with that contract because he's getting paid $8.2 million a year. He has another year after this, so it's not terrible. But they're in a weird cap space right or a weird cap spot right now that you know if you trade him and figure something out where you retain whatever percentage of the contract, you know, there's some dead cap space there. And really, what do you get from it? Do you get picks? Do you get prospects? It's it's probably, you know, maybe mid-round picks, maybe, a, you know, C-level, B-level prospect, a combination of both. The Flyers love to get these, like, mid, third, fourth-round picks and then deal them around to try to get other shit out of it. So, who knows? I mean, I, I would be bummed if it was, but it's something where if you stick him on a third, third fourth line, because it's currently what he's doing of, you know, a you know, whatever team. I'm not going to throw names out there. But, you know, it, he could be a useful asset to something like that. I mean, he sets up plays really well. He's a good a good playmaking player who's moved to a wing and did pretty well last year with it. But it'll be really, really interesting to see what happens with that. His name hasn't really turned up in terms of actual talks. It's been more of fans being like, maybe, maybe this is the time to let him go. Um, but the contract and the no move clause is the the real part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, just, uh, I just I just feel like he hasn't done he hasn't done it for 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 the Flyers and and that's something we talked I, about a couple weeks ago of just how, we how did, he gets kind yeah. of a weird a weird rap in terms of his you know era as the captain of the team of just a team team that had. You know, weird goaltending, I'll put it that way, of post-trading Bobrovsky, you had Brzgalov and Mr. Galaxy and all that stuff. Then you had Steve Mason, and he ends up being interesting. I don't know the best way to put it. But every other year, the team misses the playoffs in the Drew era, you know, starting the first year that he was the captain, which was also a shortened year. And, you know, they only end up winning one playoff series. And debatably, if they never trade Bobrovsky, maybe they win, you know, another one somewhere in there. I don't know, um, but it, it's a it's definitely a weird spot in the history of the team that uh, you have to wonder. And a lot of people point their the fingers at Paul Holmgren. Some people pointed at Ron Hextall. It's kind of just weird bets that never hit for the team, and and some of them are gonna you know kind of shake out well. Of that trading Jeff Carter got you Travis Connect or not Travis Connect got you his name is right in front of me got you Sean Couturier trading Mike Richards ultimately leads to Joel Farabee because they got Braden Chen for it. But it's a weird, like, you know, that's to me, that was, that's 10 years ago this summer. That's kind of this weird turning point into this period of uh, kind of the, the throwing your hands up question mark emoji. Yeah. I don't think he's doing that bad though, right? He's leading your team. In no, no, no. Joel, for the lead. No, no, no. So Joel Farabee, and he scored tonight. So he's now the, the top scorer. That's what I mean. I'm like, there's there the two the two trades. Ultimately, you get two top players of of Couturier and Farabee, the guy who's you know 28 years old, just won the Selkie. I feel like you can't. Some people are like trade him, get whatever the fuck he can for it. I feel like that would be really stupid. 
and then Farabee obviously hold on to him and, and figure out what's going on there um, with what's happening with him. But, uh, you know, those are the two bright spots of it. But other than that, there are these other bets that, that never really hit. You know, you trade Bobrovsky, obviously. You know, Mason did well enough. He's the team leader in wins now. But who the hell cares? Because they didn't win a playoff series under him. And, you know, all, all this different stuff. So, it's you know, these bets the team made never paid off. I was talking more about Giroux. Like, he's having a pretty decent year. Oh, no, he is having a good fl- year. Yeah. When I think of the Flyers... I think the face of the franchise to me as an outsider is, is Giroux. So oh, yeah, I think, absolutely. I think you owe it to him to keep him and, and try to if make he it with him. He has the no-move clause. If he doesn't want to go, he wants to go down with the ship, let him. That's my that's my thought. I don't, I'm don't. i not calling for him to be traded. The people that are, I think, just want – they want to see the team burn just to see what comes out of the ashes from it and you know chalk it up to being a shit year because of COVID and all this different stuff, the short year – Flyers never do well in a short year is kind of the joke of what ends up happening because they didn't do well in 2013, and I don't think they did well in 95, um, the two short years, at least in our lifetime. But, you know, it's, you know, when the after you have a 9 nothing loss, there's certainly all the frustrations out of that. True. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, it was, it was not good. Uh, you can hear my it, full rant on Instagram. It's pretty impressive. Uh, the Flyers have had a terrible month of March, huh? Yeah, it's been pretty bad. They uh, have so time many periods. Trade. Yeah, it's definitely time for a trade. At least either make a decision that you want to upgrade the blue line and, and make a commitment to something. Like if you pick up Ellis, if you pick up Eckholm, the other Nashville defenseman who's out there, the one the Flyers have kind of targeted. Ristolainen's another one that I've at least wanted. And you have to make a commitment, though. When you have more goals against than a team with a 14-game losing streak, you know it's, it's time yeah, it's pretty for a bad. trade. I mean, if you so the first goal they let up tonight was Phil Myers sits on the on the blue line and tries to pinch there, and it opens up this two on one where you have I think Gustafson's his partner tonight, and he slides over, but then they get the easy, easy cross ice pass, and Carter Hart does, can't do anything but try to like he comes over and then tries you know, he can do nothing but try to like guess if he's gonna put try to put it up in the top shelf or bring it across and he tries to poke check and it's just easy enough to hold it a little close to your body and toe drag around it. You know, you're just leaving these goalies out to dry. I know the statistics are terrible and obviously I'm a a huge Carter Hart fan, but even Brian Elliott, who's gotten pulled from a number of his starts, it's not totally his fault. And, and you know, Brian Elliott has some pretty terrible, you know, experiences in the flyer in his history with the Philadelphia flyers, but like they're leaving them out to dry and it's tough. All right, let's sum up the Flyers. Trade Nolan Patrick, get a defenseman, fire your goalie coach, fire your defenseman coach. Yeah, I feel and... like that's the one I think a lot of people want is Mike Yo to go. <laughs> All right, boys, I'm just going to go on a quick East rant. The bottom three teams are pretty much where I thought they'd be. I thought the Rangers would be uh, in sixth place, not really a playoff team, but not a bottom feeder. I mean, Devils, they have, they're definitely having a youth movement over there. Um, might be time to trade some of their veterans like Kyle Palmieri. I heard the Bruins might be interested in him. That'd be a great pickup. Um, and the Sabres, man, 14-game losing streak. I heard uh, they're an Eichel trade. They'd request four first-round draft picks. That's just crazy. Uh, is it worth it? Maybe. I, I I probably would do that because he's a world-class player, but uh, that could ruin your franchise franchise if it doesn't work out. 
but yeah, it's pretty cool how our teams, Jordy, the Bruins and Flyers are going to be fighting for that fourth playoff spot. Um, I think Washington's been doing pretty well. I mean, uh, without Wilson in the lineup, uh, they're eight and two in their last 10 games. Uh, Pittsburgh's going to be Pittsburgh as long as Crosby and Malkin are healthy. I think they're going to remain in that, that top four, definitely. Um, and then Islanders, I mean, wow. I, I didn't expect them to be this good. They did just lose their captain. Uh, what's his name? Anders Lee. Uh, yeah. Anders Lee. He just tore his ACL, so he's done for the year. Yeah, so he's uh, done so we'll for the year. My, so Greg and I talked about this offline. If he's really worried about them and thinks they might slow down. I mean, if anything, the game of the Flyers won in that series shows just who the Islanders are. And they made the point last night that they're like now like plus 18 in the third period in 33 games, which is insane. But they're a team that just they're well coached. They don't give up. And it goes back to that playoff series, too, against the Flyers. And even before that, against the Capitals and why they went on that run of this just this well coached team who doesn't quit and they, they run their system and they're really talented. You know, they they have a good top six. Obviously, they have Barzell who, you know, got the money he deserved. And their goalies, I mean, we knew that Varmalov was good, but Sorokin, this guy, he stole that game last night for him. And he's been solid. He's won eight straight starts. I mean, the guy is legit. So the Islanders are, are in a really good spot. I think they're going to be just fine without Anders Lee. They just have so much depth and yeah. such a good system over there. Um, I mean, such a big headache for the Bruins this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Greg, what are your thoughts? I, I, I've been high on the Islanders uh, going into the season. I feel like they have that recipe that is perfect for this division. They have the physicality. They get the goal scoring. They have the special teams, and they have strong enough goaltending. Um, the Capitals surprised me this year. I thought that their train to left the station a couple of years, like after their cup, and clearly I was mistaken there. Pittsburgh, same thing. I thought for sure Pittsburgh is going to be sellers. I believe probably a month and a half ago, we all were talking about Crosby being traded, and and you know then Jordy made a comment about Malkin being better when Crosby's out, and all of a sudden uh, Mark made that comment, but I was on the. Uh... We named that episode Trade Crosby. It was just you and me. And then Mark came back and was like, no, he's better without Crosby. And we're like, fuck. Yeah, we're well, idiots. Well, that's why we need Mark on all the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Rangers are, like I said, getting hot at the right time. And the the Bruins and Flyers are going the wrong way fast. And both of them dealing with injuries and COVID and, and lack of scoring depth. Um Bruins just lack of scoring period having the almost the fewest goals scored for almost all of the NHL which is pretty embarrassing so it's uh this division we knew it was going to be a grind we knew it was going to be tough and hard fought and I feel like the Islanders and Washington they have their identity they know who they are to me Pittsburgh Boston Philly the Rangers still trying to figure out who they are still trying to find their identity but i feel like the islanders and capitals that they're going to be they're going to be there they're going to be the teams that are that are in it and i i personally do believe that the islander or the pittsburgh boston philly and the rangers are going to be battling out for the last two spots no i agree with that stretch i agree with that take i I think the i think the penguins slow down a little bit i think the bruins pick it up i feel like the bruins might even challenge the the capitals for that second spot i feel like the like, depending on where the Capitals and Islanders go, like, I feel like one of them is going to pull away. 
and it kind of just depends on whose goalie gets hotter. They both have young goalies, and you kind of have to depend on that. But like, if they you know if they pick it up, the Islanders are a really good defensive team that can kind of pick up when their goalies are you know the rare times they do are letting up more goals. But um, yeah, but the the Capitals they can score at will, and Ovi's just on a mission. He started off slow, and now is just catching up. I just did the math though. I was a quick aside of because I wanted to see where Crosby was. Crosby's over a point a game. There's over 20 guys in the NHL that are at a point a game right now, which is awesome to see. It was kind of a year that we thought, you know, we weren't sure what was going to happen, and we've seen obviously a ton of goals. So it's kind of fun to see guys that are, uh, you know, the names that you'd expect up there. But even like Backstrom's up there for, uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Backstrom's up there for the Capitals. Um, who I meant to say was, oh no, maybe I didn't mean Nicholas Backstrom, who had been hurt for a little bit last year. But it's all fun to see of just these guys that are hanging out there, of, of having fun. Obviously, a lot of them are in the Central, who we're going to jump over to in a minute here. But it's a it's a fun year. And I don't know, it's the East, I think you're right, it's going to heat up. And it's going to be a lot of fun down the stretch, especially with games that got delayed, um, you know. But we can, uh, you know, if you guys are ready to move on, we can do, oh no, you go. Well, as I say, it's also like, I feel like I, I mean, the West had their problems with, with COVID and same with the Central, but the East, they just, they all have been hit at different times, right? Like the West in the Central, I feel like got hit at the same time. The East, it started with New Jersey, then moved to Buffalo, and then the, the Bruins, and, you know. It, and then just, the Philly, then I think Pittsburgh and Washington, <laughs> I, th- I think they haven't been affected yet, right? Yeah, I just feel like it's it's the division like everyone's getting it at different times. Yeah. So it's already a grind of division, and then you throw into the fact of of all this stuff working against them. It's it's interesting to see for sure. Fans are coming back in the building. Aren't aren't these guys going to be getting the vaccine within? I mean, at least by May by May, right? May first. Yeah, May first they're all eligible. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but it's but- it's tough. It's more than that, Mark, because like. They like with Charlie Coyle, the, like if, if you have a temperature, you all of a sudden can't play in the game and you have to wait for your test results to come back. And that's yeah, the KD, the rapid, right? That's what happened to him in basketball. Yeah. And they have the rapid testing and the rapid testing, you know, can be faulty. And like the Bruins, they had four guys test positive, but all, but that was a week ago and now they're playing again. So it's like, if you have COVID, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to be two weeks from your last positive test. So it's like the rapid the rapid tests aren't always effect, like perfect, and it's. I think that's more of a factor and an issue than than what you're talking about, Mark. Getting the vac, getting them vaccinated, and that'll save it. I, I don't know that that's necessarily the answer, but I, I just to me it, it would be better, more. It'd be more fun if they all had it at the same time as opposed to uh, <laughs> to what to what's been happening. Jordy, I wanted to just piggyback your Bruins point before we move on. Um, sure. And I don't think this is good for your Flyers because, um, I mean, the Bruins are ahead of them barely, but they do play the Sabres seven more times this year. And that's what their schedule says, but who knows if they get all those games in with COVID. Um, and also, Tuka Rask is practicing tomorrow. He'll be back playing Thursday. So tomorrow's Wednesday. He's going to be practicing Wednesday, and he's playing Thursday. Uh, so that's big I th- news. I think the Bruins, Bruins pick but, it up. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm not well, – uh, I'm not anti Bruins in this. They in need this goal scoring. They, they, I'm anti Bruins. They need goal scoring. They need goal scoring. Both. They need they need secondary scoring. It's getting frustrating. Well, 70- both our teams need trades. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah clearly. 
Um, Debrusque is going to be gone. I, I, we should have kept Noel Achari instead of, I mean, I'd rather have him on the fourth line than Wagner all day. Uh, that was dumb letting him go and not signing him. But uh, you guys like this rookie nor there. that uh, has a, a ass ton of fights and penalty minutes on the Bruins? Yeah, Tre- Trent Frederick, he's real good. Yeah, he seems yeah, good. Like he him. seems solid, yeah. He's he's come on this he's come on this year for sure, and he's played with that energy and edge that uh, flyers are missing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're not the kidding. Flyers are missing, but but yeah, I mean it's you would like him to have a little more skill to be like a, a second or third line guy, but he's found his niche and his role. He sometimes bumps up on the third line with Coil, but those are fun games. But uh, yeah, he's great. I think Nebraska is gone or it's going to be traded. He only signed a one year deal. Everyone keeps saying that, but unless the Flyers have a uh, unless the Flyers have a nice little piece to give them, they're not. I mean, I'm not going to trade in division. I don't think Kessel. They're getting Kessel. Let's get, the, <laughs> let's get a goal scorer. Bring Kessel and Krejci. Put the back band together. back together. Right. All right. Do it. Well, let's move on. Final division. Then we'll hit on a couple uh, last news points. The Central Division. Boys, where do we lie on this? Because Tampa is going full Tampa. Carolina is hanging out there, which I feel like is credit to both of you. But Florida still hanging in there. This is a fun we, division to watch. That's because we watched Carolina play for the last X amount of years. And, again, that, that Bruins, Carolina, Tampa, the, like Toronto division is tough, man. There's a reason why all these teams are the top. Um, Florida – I feel like this is the Florida that everyone expected last year or two years ago, Jordy, when they got Bobrovsky and they had all those huge offseason signs. This is the Florida team that everyone expected. And last year they were just brutal. And maybe it's the new coaching staff or, or I don't know, maybe they figured it out. But this is the team that everyone expected them to be. Maybe it's the easy division that they're playing in. Line A in Columbus has clearly not worked out. And we knew that coming in. Dallas never recovered from having COVID. Nashville, like Mark said, is looking to trade everyone. Detroit, we knew was going to be terrible. And Chicago is only getting healthier, and they're super young. And they're going to – I feel like all they have to do is outlast Columbus and, and keep winning games and keep uh, keep ahead of line A getting sat for no reason. And I think, I think they're good. Yeah, I mean, Chicago currently winning against uh, Florida right now, 3-1, middle of the second period. Uh, this this is gonna be a fun division of to watch there. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head of the the Patrick Line and Columbus experiment not working out. Their goaltending really took a huge step back after being the huge talking point of that team a year ago. And, and obviously, there was a lot of other stuff going on with them. Of they were the team that you lost to these guys in free agency, and they were playing with a chip on their shoulder. But Corpusalo, Merzlikens, both guys, you know, just not playing to the level that we thought maybe they were going to. And, you know, they only have two guys in double digits with goals and three guys with 20 points in, you know, over 30 games. It's it's something where just everything is just falling flat for them. And, and it's, you know, I haven't watched a ton of their games because they aren't really on a ton of national broadcasts. But it's something something tough to see of what happened with with this team. And I don't know if it's just Torts' system falling apart or, or what it is, but... Guys that we thought were maybe going to make big impacts, like a Max Domi or Texier, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. You know, these guys they picked up, you know, veterans. Obviously, Line is the big one, but it's tough just to see where this team is happening and, and that they're kind of falling flat. 
You think Dallas jumps up to that fourth spot? I I mean, I picked Dallas to be in the playoffs. I don't know if they pick it up or not. I mean, they have a lot of games in hand, and they're they're this team that that's playing their system of just constant low scoring games. They have a positive goal differential. It just kind of depends if Nashville does trade everybody and kind of becomes this, you know, bottom feeding. They're trying to restart and figure it out because Rene and Soros are both getting up there in age. Maybe they they get to that sixth spot and Columbus really falls apart. You got to think, though, at least the on-paper aspect of it, that Columbus figures out something. But Greg hit the nail on the head with Chicago. The Chicago got this head start where they're currently tied with Columbus, but they're getting healthier. Kirby Doc, is, is he back or is he still just practicing? But they're getting these guys that are firing on all cylinders and picking up health left and right. Guys that have been hurt and their goaltending has been excellent, despite the fact they have a negative goal differential, which I'm just seeing now. Um, but that doesn't matter because they're winning games when they have to. So who knows? I mean, Dallas might just be, they, they dug themselves too big of a hole too early. And they haven't had Sagan. I think he's still two weeks away yeah, at I think least. You're right. yeah, so yeah. that that hurts. Um, but yeah, this is definitely the best playoff race we're going to have this division. I mean, there's four teams in it still for yeah. that last fourth spot. So uh, a lot of hockey left. We're pretty much at the halfway point here. Well, we're over past the halfway it, point. Yeah. yeah, we're over halfway point. But still, tw- at least twenty games left for everybody. So. Uh, we'll see in the next time we do this podcast where this division stands, but, um, yeah, I mean, Chicago has got a four game losing streak. They're winning right now. We'll see what happens. I think those top three teams are going to remain where they are. It would um, take a, uh, Montreal, whatever year it was that they were like, they were 30 and five and then fell apart or maybe it wasn't that high, but whatever it was, it'd take an epic collapse for one of those teams to miss the playoffs. I feel like. But, Columbus, uh, I'm not. I'm not really sold on them. I don't think anybody really wants to play there or play under Torts. So, uh, disappointed to see Line A hasn't worked out. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's going to be weird to see what that team does. It's. It's always been kind of that wrap of this team that never that may, only made the playoffs once until they moved to the Eastern Conference and then kind of took advantage of the Rangers, Islanders, Flyers, all kind of being mediocre and trying to figure out what prospects can and can't work while the Penguins and Capitals just kind of ruled that division. And, and they made the playoffs and still didn't win until they went for it and had all those dudes and, and it worked out for them finally once, but now it's just, you know, the remnants of that team and, and different guys there. It, it kind of reeks of that Ottawa situation of how many guys like can we look at of the team that swept the, the 2019 lightning and, check off more guys on that team picture it kind of it's starting to reek that way of that sort of a situation and eventually you, you hit the nail on the head at least ottawa you know you can try to attack attract talent bring guys home or whatever i think the sad thing with columbus and I, I really don't mean to get too harsh on him is that hockey in ohio just hasn't stuck totally i know that they have miami there they have uh which is a good solid program college wise ohio state's getting better on the men's side of things and, and all that good stuff but i don't know it's just something that professionally they they have good fans but it's just a it's not a desirable location i guess especially comparatively to pittsburgh detroit chicago nashville those teams that surround them so i don't know what yeah, they I mean, need co- to do and and to how to figure that out but it's a weird situation they're going to be in well it was a destination and i feel like people did go there and 
but then like, yeah, but, like they veterans didn't really... went there or guys that got traded and were like the area. But the, but the before Torts, didn't they have a run with with Feligno? Felino? He's still captain? there. No, he's still yeah. there. I mean, no, he... it was him. But Atkinson was like a rookie or, or real young, and they had like a deep run with them, didn't they? No, they they've only won one playoff series in their the team's history, and it was over oh, no, Tampa Bay. That, that was okay. Never mind then. Yeah, um, they but, kept running into Pittsburgh and Washington in the first round. They they get in as a wild card to the third seed because the Rangers, Islanders, Flyers, and the Hurricanes were all kind of figuring out who they were, and yeah. one of them would get in and lose to the, either the Penguins or the Capitals. Remember, we got like four years of Penguins Capitals. The the Blue Jackets were like sneaking in there. Yeah, I mean it's frustrating because like you get like. Seth Jones, American, you know, wasting his defensive talent, and and now you got Line A wasting him, and it's just obviously Atkins. Like, why did Atkinson? Why is he still there? Why is he stayed there the whole time? You know, I feel like Columbus is it's a college town, it's or college city with the, with Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Sorry, um, and I feel like it's they have a lot know, of guys like, who it, are it signed. Work. I feel like it could work. They have a lot of pending UFAs, which is going to be interesting, including Feligno. Uh, he could be traded. At least we all saw one article that said that Savard is somebody who's popped up on a lot of different trade talks I've seen of in terms of teams looking for defensemen. Um, Line is going to be an RFA, which I, I guess makes sense because he only got drafted however many years ago. But it seems like he's been in the league for much longer. But it's just it's one of these things that this team needs to – I don't know, that you know – you have Atkinson hanging out there for a long time, as with Oliver, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Can't pronounce shit. But I don't know, this team, like, they're either going to have to figure out how are you going to get shit set up to go forward and, and get healthy and have guys that are that are figuring it out. And they get a lot of cap space because Brandon Dubinsky retired and, and they get, uh you know, his contract going off the books. So they can maybe try to offer somebody a bunch of money but it, it's something that them coming back into a division with the capitals the penguins if the flyers ever figure it out you know the hurricanes who aren't going away and are only getting better and younger you know it, it's something where this team might go back into that kind of mid-2000s blue jackets era which would kind of suck there it was kind of fun seeing them make the playoffs and and make some noise and always cause panic to the penguins of the capitals in the first round and then obviously the one year they made the big upset. Jordy, let's move on. Yeah, so we have a couple couple news points to finish out the episode. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm now looking at our sheet. And I'm guessing that's Greg who wrote it in all caps. Oh, it's Mark. It's, it's Mark. It's Mark who writes. So the NHL is back on NBC. Mark copy and pasted the deal. ESPN. The, uh, you're right. The NHL on NBC or uh, on ESPN, excuse me. Um, it's back and Mark wrote Gary Thorne and then in all caps, right? It's only voice better than mine, but Jordy's, he writes lowercase G and then all caps for the rest of my name. Um, guys, I remember saying this with Matty D co-host of the football podcast on this very feed. We were driving to a club hockey game. The NHL just re-signed their deal with NBC 10 years ago. And I remember saying that the, that the NHL fucked itself doing this and a this freshman who was riding the car goes, no, they didn't, no, they didn't. They got so much money from Comcast. And I remember saying, cool, that's great. Cap can go up, whatever. But ESPN pumps their own product. They're not going to give a shit 
and they're going to they're going to be mad, they're going to be butthurt that the NHL went a different way and now that it's on there, we can, you know, obviously we all know what you know the the as Greg would so eloquently call it, the worldwide leader does and has done with the NHL, but what they can do now that it's back on there. Greg, let's start with you. What's your take on the on the NHL on ESPN and ABC being back? Hate it. Hate hate ESPN. Um, no, I mean, what do you love more, ESPN or Mike Trout? Isn't that where all the Q's guys go to work? ESPN. Yeah, them and Northwestern people. Um, well, all, first of all, the communication school at Syracuse is the number one communication school. So yes, the they go all over uh, television and media, and because Syracuse is so good at sports, a lot of them go into sports media specifically. And since uh, ESPN is the worldwide le- worldwide leader, then yes, there's a lot of uh, former Syracuse people there. However, um, I, I like Mike Trout more than ESPN. Um, it's good. It's good, like you said, Jordy, because you know maybe Sports Center we can watch highlights again. Um, but you know, and ESPN, I feel like does a good job of allowing things to be on social media and clips and highlights and stuff. And the NHL has allowed that more. And I think that's why we're seeing a, a, a surge, at least on my media, social media feeds of, of more and more hockey highlights and clips um, being put out there. And, and I think that has a large part to do with ESPN allowing itself or sorry, hockey allowing itself to be like baseball. You, if you put a clip of any baseball thing, you get shut down, your account gets, blocked for 24 hours etc like the nhl is and nba and specifically espn has done a great job of allowing things like that and clips and and all these things to get out there so that they like you said can promote their their own brand their own type of thing the only thing that scares me about espn is is that um they have so many sports and i have a fear that we're going to get a lot of games on espn too or we're going to get like the Stanley Cup on uh, ESPN Plus, which is their internet service only. I just have a feeling that because, or Hulu, you know, you have to watch it exclusively online. I just, I know everyone's excited about it and everything like that. I feel like I'm a, I'm a, I'm the only naysayer and, and hater. Everyone else seems to be on it and about it. Uh, I just, I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop and just waiting for ESPN to have again, the all-star game or, or the Stanley Cup or something major and put them on the online only service. So, uh, so skeptical for now. And, and I a thousand percent agree. Gary Thorne needs to come back, but he, his voice, him, his voice, unfortunately, like Mark said, it is better than yours, but your Jordy, your, your golden voice is top I, three all time. I wouldn't go that high. I'd throw me uh top 1000, but so Greg, the deal is seven year deal. And it is returning to the first time since the year-long lockout in 2004. 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC. Early round playoff series and one conference final. So basically what the MLB does with Fox and TBS. ESPN and ABC will get that. And they get four Stanley Cup finals on ABC. So that's at least good. They currently have had ESPN Plus stuff. I've actually checked out a couple different games that are on there, throw it on my computer as I'm watching the Sixers or whatever, or even the Flyers, you know, at you know, the command center setup I try to get during the playoffs. So sometimes I'm with ESPN Plus, um, which, to your point, Greg, of ESPN Plus and Hulu, 
of you know being in that deal and all that sort of stuff of what their live sports is and and all that um you know the infrastructure probably needs to be a little better to really make a serious impact in terms of the popularity but even just having games on there i mean they have the mls and you throw that on you you know when going out to bars was a thing you'd go on and you'd see fucking nashville fc play dallas fc and you're wondering oh shit they have soccer in nashville that's cool and now you see it and you'll see a fucking Predators Stars game and be like, oh, they have hockey in Nashville? That's cool. And you'd be like, yeah, it's a pretty fucking awesome place to watch a hockey game. You should go so one day. And the city of Nashville ultimately prospers. And you can thank us for it. But so it'll be, I think it's going to be a really good good deal. I mean, I think you're right that there's always the possibility of some sort of renege if it's not popular right away of seeing what happens and if it gets changed from ESPN to ESPN2 or whatever or if baseball or basketball or even the NFL because they're now starting to get back into the mix with ESPN is with having a playoff game I think and all that sort of stuff of if they send more money their way of maybe that the something gets figured out but I, I think overall it's gonna be a good deal Mark what do you think on this yeah um before I, I uh give my opinion Greg your little Syracuse spiel there about best communication school reminded me of Andy from the office uh Cornell ever heard of it just a little <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, first, first of all, how good is the ESPN NHL song? Like, I could just hear oh, it in my head now. I wish it's we could great. just play it. It's but, just awesome. Yeah, I but, don't think we have the rights to it, so thank. Go Google it if you've never heard it before. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is just bringing back childhood memories for me. Um, the NHL being on ESPN, um, and and I think the game's just a lot better than it used to be in the late '90s, early 2000s. It's a lot faster now so many more like high skilled players I mean, so many good Americans now too. Well, hopefully uh, they he, show more McDavid and Matthews. I mean, there's barely, we talked about obviously this year, but there's never, even before this year, we Connor McDavid got buried for being in the fucking Western time zone. Hopefully if they yeah. do the back to backs like ESPN does with the NBA, you know, where they put the Lakers on in the second game, we got a McDavid versus whomever game there. And they can, you know, have imagine Scott Van Pelt talking about the bad beat of, you know, somebody score, you know, doesn't get the puck line goal and the other team comes in and ties it up. Like, that's going to be but awesome. That, but, but that's my point is that ESPN is not going to do that. They're like, they're going to bury the NHL online and their, or their online platforms. And cause ESPN, ESPN two will forever remain for, for basketball. So there's never going to be like Wednesday night is like right, right now we have Wednesday night hockey on NBC or we get NBC does a hockey day on Saturday and Sundays. And you know, they get all these games back to back to back. It'll probably be a different night, but you're but right. Cause they have the Wednesday and the Friday NBA, but maybe we get right. Thursday night <laughs> hockey or something. Maybe not against Thursday night football, Tuesday night hockey. We right. don't know. Coach Grash and Mel Rose aren't going to let that happen. Exactly. Plus you get, they compete with the NFL on Monday night. Like <clears throat> you get the Monday night. Cause yeah, but the NHL barely plays on Monday night as it is. So that's not going to, they're not going to try to I mean, have ESPN two NHL game. I mean, they used to have the Saturday day game, which was all the flyers in my childhood memories seem to have always played on it. Cause I remember my dad explained the difference between national television commercials and regular ones, but they'll probably have that sort of thing. I mean, it, it's, there are certain positive vibes here that I feel like we have to have. Cause it's ultimately, I feel like even if they, you know, whatever happens, I don't think they're going to bury it right away, but it's going to be positive at least for the start. Let me, let me just finish my point. I think the game's in a really good place right now. The skill is higher than it ever has been. They're still fighting. And I think this is just going to bring more exposure to the game. It's going to exactly. put more money in the players' wallets. I mean, when you go into a bar, like 
interview just out anywhere what's on tv it's usually espn who's exactly. sitting there watching it's gonna be random people who've never really watched hockey before they're just gonna be drawn to it that's just my opinion the game's so much more fun to watch now than it used to be and then you also got what the 2022 olympics coming up with nhl guys playing in it hopefully so those two things i mean i think that's just huge for the league it's going to grow their, their revenue um don't want to get into too much details about that because i'm not an economics guy but um I just think, me, it's, I think it's Maddie's good at that shit. I think it, it, it can't hurt, right? It can only help. And uh, I think it's a good experiment, a good seven year deal to see what happens. It's, it's good timing for the NHL because it is the league is in a great spot right now. Are you, are, are you concerned at all that they haven't signed the other half of that deal, like the, the NBC portion or the whatever insert other Apparently Fox might be in the deal for that. I was gonna say, insert, insert other network that, that is bidding on it. I think any, anything is better than what it is right now. The, if you really NBC might lose. The NBC might lose all hockey. You think that's a problem, or you think that's okay? Rather, I think it's okay. I do too. I think I think NBC got a little uh, a little complacent no without any sort of competition. They no, their coverage is no more pure no between the glass. I mean. Do we need him pointing out which way each team is scoring to Kendall Coyne again? I don't think so. Uh, but regardless, I mean, I think they got a little complacent in terms of their coverage. There hadn't really been a ton. I mean, the Lake Tahoe thing was probably the best thing they put out there because they got their NASCAR guy running around the golf course in the snow, like, because they decided to get creative. Like, ESPN is going to try to figure that kind of shit out of how how can they do, do this to draw eyeballs to it and make this gamble pay off. And how cool will it be in, in a year, 2022, when ESPN's covering the Olympics and the NHL guys who are playing with Matthews? Wait, are they cover? Um, wouldn't know, it be? Uh, are they covering the Olympics, hockey, the Olympics, they, or would it still be? They NBC? probably won't. Yeah, NBC. They probably but, won't, but they'll but, talk about it because they'll have NHL games and they'll be talking about Matthews. They'll be talking about Kane. They'll be talking about Johnny Gaudreau. They'll be talking about all these young American guys who are nasty. Jack Eichel. I think it's just good for the game. Yeah, I think so too. I mean. Uh, to your point, though, I don't know if they have next year's cup final, but if it is, if they do, and, and they have the Olympics happening with NHL players there, I mean, that run from basically March 1st, 2022, through the through the trade deadline, through the playoffs, is going to be absolute electricity on SportsCenter of hockey coverage, along with basketball coverage, which frankly, like, you know, we need, you know, we need the, the extra stuff going on there. Obviously, March Madness happens somewhere there, too. But, like, we need a little more than just, like, talking about fucking LeBron taking dumps and the NFL draft. We need other sports in there. And they barely talk about baseball as it is. So we need something yeah. else in there. It's going to be exciting. The only, the, only thing that, the only thing that I will say is when they uh, when the NHL did their little world championship things with the... The World Cup? Uh, the, yeah, yeah, the World Cup. And, and they had... That was on ESPN. And I feel like ESPN if I remember, did a, did a pretty good job uh, without giving them too much credit. I'm pretty sure they did a pretty good job on, on that whole situation, that whole tournament. So They did a good job promoting it. They just didn't put it on the right channels. They did, to your point, they did bury it on like ESPN News. But that wasn't right. like, there was never a promise of that. It was just, it was kind of, they found, they found themselves with it and all that random bullshit. But this, uh, the reports say ESPN or ABC so we have to at least trust that they're going to have, you know, the Saturday day game, whatever on there. You know, you got to hope that there's going to be some good national exposure on that front. Yeah. To Mark's point, you go to a bar in the middle of the Saturday afternoon, you got college f basketball on one thing, you got, you know, 
whomever Syracuse playing Duke or whatever. And then next to it is the Bruins playing the Canadians and you're, you know, you got these two huge matchups up there. It's going to be great. Not to get too serious, but like, let's, this is going to bring a lot of exposure. A lot of kids are going to be watching hockey now that have never watched it. And I mean, let's be honest, hockey's a very, very expensive sport. I mean, the equipment is outrageously priced and in unison with this, hopefully the NHL does a better job of, you know, building rinks in poor areas or, yeah, yeah. you know, giving out equipment to, to poor area, poorer areas um, just to help grow the game with, uh, with the more exposure that it's going to be having. So yeah, hopefully um, we'll see now, but that's, that's a, that's a very good point, but anything else before we wrap things up? I know, uh, you know, it's a good, probably a good stopping point for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Are we done with the NHL? Cause I have a, I have a question. Sure. Fire away. Well, Mark, are you done with the NHL? Yeah, I think, I don't want to end it on like that, such a serious note. Maybe let's. Yeah, Greg, what do you got? Um, all right. Well, for the NHL, uh, since Mark doesn't want to end on a negative note. Um, well, ask what you negative. had the question on. We, we, uh, running out of time. Well, how do you, Buffalo. How, yeah, blow up Buffalo. How do you feel about, uh, the Eagles absolutely trading their best quarterback and then, Say for for this new young rookie quarterback, and then saying, you know what, we're going to go out and sign Joe Flacco because we don't have faith in in the guy that we just traded. Howie we Roseman's traded our, our... quarterback emporium is in business, boys. They're going <laughs> to draft tra- seven quarterbacks. The cycle we, never ends. We tra- it we never ends. We traded our franchise quarterback for a rookie, and then we go out and sign Joe Flacco to take said rookie spot. So I don't explain care. that to me. I don't care what you guys think. There was no more pure enjoyment of that contract than of my fiance, a Delaware grad herself, just like Mr. Joseph Flacco. She's buying a jersey, so it's already oh paying off gosh. for the Eagles. It's already paying off. Oh the Wonder gosh. Emporium of quarterbacks. The cycle is alive. The merry-go-round of quarterbacks is alive. They're probably going to bring in idea. McCown again. Maybe Tim Tebow, who retired from baseball, come back to the Eagles. You know, that we're just a quarterback factory. It's just wonderful. You, They'll get fucking conditional picks that Can aren't going to fucking pay off. Second. Oh, Can it's going to be wonderful, Greg. Can you the, be serious for one second? Okay. Oh, that's the perfect way to end it. That's the Google the NHL on and ESPN song if you don't recognize that theme. Boys, this was a lot of fun. That was perfect timing, Mark. That was great timing. Oh, what a pause. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg and Mark, thank you guys for hopping on. This was a lot of fun. I know we uh, the listeners would have heard all the the Zoom crap that we had, but it was a lot of fun of an episode, and I appreciate it, guys. It's a marathon. Hey. This is great. Uh, sorry, I was so terrible in the beginning. I, p- I picked it up after our first intermission, and uh, I feel like had a had a decent third. But uh, Mark brought it for the whole. Jordy brought it for at least the. Uh, he was there's a little lull there in the middle for you, Jordy, but you brought it in the first and third for sure. It's all that matters. You got to finish strong. Uh, and one final thing, uh, like Mark said, let's go Bruins. Well, that'll do it. Everybody, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen card, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We are in the middle of all of our baseball previews. We'll be back on Thursday with the NL West. Maybe a little bonus podcast added on. 
So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss that. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderbug Sports on Instagram. But for Greg and Mark, I am the G-Man. And I guess, let's go Flyers. Go beat. They just lost 4-3. Ouch. Yeah, it's tough. They came back. Hit the over. <laughs> Damn. Time for a trade, boys.